Hey, thanks for listening to Cornerstone Church. You can find us on the web at akcornerstone.org. And we want you to know it's our prayer that the Holy Spirit will use this message to either save you through the good news about Jesus Christ, grow you into the likeness of Jesus, or send you to proclaim Jesus in the Spirit's power. Well, good morning. Let me just get this off my chest right off the beginning. Christmas is about Jesus. In case you've been missing that in the holiday rush, Christmas is about Jesus. So here is the Sunday before Christmas, and what could I tell you about Jesus today? Well, I could tell you that Jesus is the name above every name. I could tell you that before Jesus Christ, one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess Him to be the Lord over all. I could tell you that at the name of Jesus, that name causes demons to shudder and hell to shake and sickness to flee and storms to cease and worship to rise and strongholds to fall. And I could tell you a lot of stuff. But here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I believe Jesus wants me to tell you this morning. And that is, here is what He wants. He wants your tongue to confess Him to be Lord. He wants your worship to rise to Him. Your knee to bow before Him. Not because of who He is for others or what He can do, but because of who He is to you and what He has done and is doing in your own life. That's what He wants. I'm convinced of that. Our theme this Christmas season is, why did Jesus come? That's a pretty good question for a Christmas message, isn't it? Why did He come? He left heaven, came to earth, and we should then find an answer to the question, why would God do that? Why would the God of heaven come to an animal feeding trough and a couple of peasant parents? Well, what I want to do is I want to let him, to the best I can this morning, I want to let Jesus tell you why he came. He made several statements explaining that, and one of them is found in John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. Here is, from the lips of Jesus, an answer to the question of why He came. He said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundant life. You know, we in our American culture, we have, depending upon how you define abundance, we have a lot of abundance. We have lives that are full of a lot of things. But the ironic thing in our culture is that we have a lot of lives that are full of stuff and are starved with meaning and purpose. We have so many that are loaded and yet are longing, so many that are full and yet are famished. 
Jesus, though, said that the reason that he came was so that we could have life and have it to the full. In abundance. How does he do that? What does that mean? Have life and have it to the full. Well, what I want to do this morning is I want to look at seven profound statements that Jesus made about himself. All of them are in the Gospel of John, the book that the first scripture that we read came from. Seven profound truth statements, I am statements that Jesus made about himself, explaining both who he is and what he does. And as we look at these seven statements, we're going to understand how it is that Jesus can give life and give it to the full. And to help those stand out in bold relief, what I want to do is I want to contrast them with some philosophies of the world that the world tells us ways or things that we can do to try to find meaning and satisfaction and purpose in life, but they are empty. And so I want to I set these empty world philosophies up next to these profound truth statements about the person of Jesus Christ. And we want to have some fun doing that this morning since it's Christmas. I'm going to illustrate these world philosophies with a gift, an illustrative gift, and I'm going to give those out uh, as we go this morning. But my wife, thank the Lord for my wife, husbands, can you agree with that? Aren't you glad for your wives? My wife said that I really need to make a disclaimer here. I'm glad that she mentioned that I do this. Here's the disclaimer. If you are one of the ones that get one of the gifts that illustrate one of the empty world religions or one of the empty world philosophies, it does not mean that your pastor is saying you live by that philosophy, okay? It's just a gift. Take it and enjoy it, okay? No guilt, no condemnation. It's just a gift, and we're going to have some fun as we do this, okay? Deal? Okay. Statement number one, or world philosophy number one, I'm going to give each of these a title. The first is a packed life. A packed life. Here is the philosophy behind the packed life. The packed life says, I am because I do. I am because I do. And the more that I do, the better that I am. Isn't this kind of a statement or maybe even an indictment on our American culture? We have this idea, I think at times it's a, it's a paradigm of our culture that the more that you can put into your life, the more meaningful, full your life is going to be. The packed life, I am because I do. The gift to illustrate that for fun, is a Golden Crow buffet and grill gift card. So somebody can really go, I remember, without guilt or condemnation, can go stuff themselves today after church and just enjoy that. So my wife's going to help me hand these out. 
Here is the heart of the philosophy behind this packed life. It is a search for satisfaction. A life that lives by that philosophy, I am because I do, is a search for satisfaction. But attempting to meet the deep need of satisfaction in the human heart with a abundance of activity is counterproductive. In fact, it's like attempting to meet the need of hunger or thirst with a couple spoonfuls of salt. Not only does it not work, is it ineffective, it actually is counterproductive, isn't it? To quenching the thirst. But Jesus has a solution to our need for satisfaction. Here's the first profound truth statement, I am statement of Christ that I want to show you. John chapter 6, verse 35. John 6, verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Food and drink bring to the mind the concept of satisfaction. Food satisfies hunger. Drink satisfies thirst. Jesus said he is the bread of life. The bread of life. That means He is the fulfillment of what life is to be about. And those that come to Him will never thirst again. He satisfies, He satiates that hunger and that thirsting. And He's the only one that can do that. It's not that Jesus says, I know where to send you to get satisfied. Jesus is the satisfaction. He is the bread of life. He is the living water that quenches the thirst of our souls. How can you receive the satisfaction of life that only Jesus can give? In that truth statement, that profound I am statement, there are two words I want to draw your attention to. They are comes and believes. Jesus said, whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That's just like taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus, when we Come to Him and put our trust into Him. You will discover, I could testify to it if I asked those in this room that agreed with me to raise their hand, I'm sure the majority of those in this room would say, I found in Jesus satisfaction for life that nothing else could provide. So that's the packed life and the answer of satisfaction, the person of Jesus. The second is the pondered life. The pondered life. Here's the, here's the philosophy behind the pondered life. I am because I know. I am because I know. The more I know, the better I am. 
we can get caught in that trap. Pretty easy in America to get caught in that trap. Here's the gift that illustrates that. It's the Wikipedia game. That knowledge game about, you know, Wikipedia's got about everything on the planet on it. So those of you that are brainiacs might like that. The pondered life. You see, what the heart longs for is not knowledge, it's, it's not knowledge, it's wisdom. And there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. There's a significant difference between the two of them. Knowledge is information. Wisdom is information plus inspiration. Knowledge will help you read a map. Wisdom will help you navigate life. Knowledge with its finger points the way. Wisdom with its grip leads the way. Radical difference. So where's the source of wisdom? Listen to the second great truth statement of Jesus from John 8, 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus right here is claiming to be the source of wisdom. He is not one that points the way. He promises to lead the way through the dark. Now the picture here is not, let me make it explicit, the picture here is not somebody walking in darkness, holding the hand of a guide as they stumble their way along through life. That's not the picture. The picture is Jesus is the light. He gets rid of the darkness. He clears it up. He dispels it. He disperses it. That's what light does to darkness, isn't it? Darkness doesn't have an effect on light. Light affects, dispels, disperses, defeats, conquers the darkness. That's what Jesus does for life. And listen to the key. I am the light of the world. How can you receive and enjoy Him as the light? Whoever follows me. Whoever follows me. You see, the way it works is this. We follow Jesus. We get close to the light. And the closer proximity that we are to the light, the clearer that we can see for our walk through life. It's in the following that our way is illuminated. It's not just in knowing something about Him. It's in following Him that we find the wisdom for life so that we can navigate life so that in His grip He can lead us through life. You see what's happening here in these truth statements? We've looked at two of those. In these truth statements, it's explaining how it is that Jesus can give us life and give us that life abundantly like no one else or nothing else can. Let's go to number three. Number three is the posh life. 
the posh life. I'm illustrating that with this nice Ford F-150 right here. I'm going to give this one away. See if this thing is going to work for me here. I'm going to drive it to somebody. I almost lost my license last service because I crashed. I had a Camaro that was too fast for me to navigate. Let's see, who wants this? Maybe this guy right here. There we go. You look like you need a posh life, bud. There you go. (laughs) Here's the posh life philosophy. I am because I have. I am because I have. If you've ever tried to find your satisfaction that way, you know it's a pretty empty way. What is the heart behind that philosophy? It's this. It's security. It's a search for security. Possessions are not inherently wrong. The issue is, what is your heart related to the possession? I think God may want to give you, maybe, maybe God wants to give one of you guys in here a nice F-150 this Christmas. I don't know. Maybe he does. If he does, I'll pray that I don't covet, right? But here's what I do know. God, in the gifts that God wants to give to you, he doesn't want to give you anything or won't give you anything that will compete with him because he wants first place. He wants to be the source of life, the meaning of life. And for the things of life to be opportunities for thankfulness for His blessings, not an attempt to look for meaning and significance from those. Here's the truth statement that answers the need for security. John 10 11, third great I am statement. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We have a good shepherd who protects his sheep, who takes care of his sheep, even at the very expense of his own life, which is the price that he did willingly pay to take care of your life. He is the good shepherd that did lay down his life And now He is the all-conquering and reigning Lord that can keep you secure. Jesus is the key to your security. So how can we receive that security found in Christ? How can we live in the day-to-day security of Jesus One place talking about here in the 10th chapter about Him being the shepherd, He said, 
My sheep listen to my voice. You see, it's as we listen to the voice of Jesus Christ that He leads us and He guides us and He guards us and He protects us and He keeps us day in and day out through whatever life brings. Number four. Number four is the prepper life. I could have picked a lot of things here uh, to give away, like one of those you know, 10-year food buckets you know, that they sell at Costco. And that. Anyway, I, just, I want to just give somebody a gift of money that might need it, and I'm leaving that up to my wife to hand out so I don't get in trouble for it. No, you don't get in trouble. Here's the heart that I want to draw out behind the prepper life style. It's a search for hope. Search for hope. The lifestyle here or the philosophy here is I am because I'm prepared. I am because I'm prepared. Jesus claimed something incredible in John chapter 11, verse 25. Here's the fourth true statement that he made. Listen. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Jesus claimed to be the answer to death and the key to life in that verse. And then what he did in following was he proved that he is the answer to death and the key to life by doing exactly what he said that he would do. That he would die and three days later he would defeat death and come out of the grave. He did that just like he said that he would to prove that he is the resurrection and the life. And what he wants to be is not just the resurrection and the life for himself. He wants to be that for you. So that even though you die, and the mortality rate right now, I've checked some recent statistics, it's hanging right right around about 100%, in case you didn't know that. But he wants to be the resurrection and the life for you so that when you die, you can also live. Live forever. The search here is the search for hope and Jesus is the key to hope. Jesus is the key to hope. He is the only key. How do you receive that? Hope found only in Jesus. Listen again. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Put your trust, put your faith in the person of Jesus Christ who is bigger than life, who defeated death, who
who reigns eternal. Number five, the pious life. The pious life. The philosophy of the pious life, this is to be representative of a high priestly robe, but Target was all out of high priestly robes. And so I got the closest thing, this nice plush bathrobe. Here's what, here's what the pious life says. The pious life says, I am because I'm religious. I am because I'm religious. I don't know what you could put in here or what people might put in here, but there could be a lot of things that you could put in here to define this personally. It could be the more I go to church, the better I am. The more money that I give, the better I am. The more prayers that I pray, the better I am. Whatever these things of religious activity What they are is an attempt to appease God. They're an attempt to make yourself worthy for the grace of God and you can never make yourself worthy for the grace of God. That's why it's grace. That's why it's grace. It's grace because you were hopeless and helpless and God had to do it all. The heart behind this philosophy for life is a search for peace. It's a search for peace. And you'll never find peace in the forms of religion. Never. No matter how many of them you do, they will never give you lasting peace. And here's why. Peace is all about relationship. Peace is all about relationship. The reason that there is a need is that we were created in the image of God as men and women with the capacity for a relationship with God. And that relationship with God was broken because of sin. And now when we are in sin, we are no longer at peace with God and our heart longs for that. It needs that. And so what Jesus did was He made a way to settle the account between a holy God and a sinful man. John chapter 14 verse 6. Here's the fifth Profound statement, truth statement of by Jesus, about Jesus. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is making the claim here that he is the only way to God. That he is the only one who can give you a relationship of Peace with God. Remove the condemnation and judgment because of sin. Jesus is the key to your peace. 
That's another reason why he is the one that gives life and gives it to the full. That's why he came. Came to give you peace with God. Number six. Last gift we'll give out. This is the performing life. This is I am because I achieve right? Superhero shirt. I am because I achieve. No amount of accomplishments, though, will satisfy. No amount of accomplishments will gives significance. You see, the heart behind this philosophy for life is a search for significance. It's a search for significance. It's not negative for you to want to live a life that makes a difference. It's great. Matter of fact, it's a biblical aspiration for you to do that. But here's the difference. No matter what you accomplish, even world-renowned accomplishments in your own strength and your own power, none of them are going to last. Moth is going to rust and destroy. Thieves are going to break in and steal. The only way your life is going to make a lasting difference, an eternal difference. That's what makes it significant when your life makes a lasting difference. The only way that's going to happen is when Jesus Christ works through you to make that difference. You cannot do it. So that without Jesus, no matter how hard you try and how hard you work, there is not going to be any eternal lasting result. But with Him, your life can change lives forever through His power. Jesus is the key to our significance The sixth great truth statement he made about himself, John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. There's a couple strong statements in that verse. One is the negative side of the statement. Jesus said, apart from him... You and I can do what? Nothing. Nothing. But with Him, when we abide in Him, what happens? We bear much fruit. Fruit that lasts. If you read the whole chapter, it's we bear fruit and more fruit and much fruit, lasting fruit. That means eternally. You see, Jesus is the key to making your life a life of significance. It is Him working in and through you to do things of eternal value. And then finally, the last great true statement, we're not going to do an empty 
world philosophy here. I'm just going to go right to the statement, and I'm going to call the life this, the abundant life. John chapter 10, verse 10, the abundant life. Here's the philosophy for the abundant life. I am because Jesus is. I am because Jesus is. John chapter 8, verse 58, is the last profound true statement that illustrates this truth. Jesus said to them, John eight fifty eight, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Abraham predated Jesus about 1,500 years. And Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. He wasn't just, though, saying he's been around longer than Abraham. He was using a phrase, a phrase saturated with meaning. He was using a title for God, what Jesus said when he said before Abraham was, quote, I am. He was saying that he is actually the very Lord of the universe, the God of the heavens, the source of life, the giver of all good things. He is God. How is it that Jesus can give life and give it to the full? Because Jesus didn't begin in the animal feeding trough. He's the eternal king of heaven. He is the source of life itself. Who left his eternal abode to come and walk the shores of Palestine eye to eye so that we could see Him and hear Him and touch Him and understand Him. And by doing that, we could see God and hear God and touch God and understand the truth about God so that we could understand the truth about life. Because God is the giver and the author and the sustainer of life. The only one that can give it abundantly. So all of those statements. Jesus is the one that gives life and gives it abundantly because in Him, you can be filled with satisfaction and wisdom and security and hope and peace and significance. That's why He gives life and gives it abundantly. So don't miss the meaning of Christmas amidst the hustle of the holiday season here. Christmas is all about one gift. You're going to give and receive Plenty, but really Christmas is about one gift. It's a gift the Father of heaven gave of His very own Son. The Son who was the High King of heaven who came in a very humble package born to a peasant Jewish couple in a sleepy 
little town in a dirty little stable. But in that stable, tucked away in that animal feeding trough, laid the author and the sustainer and the redeemer and the giver of abundant life. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. And if you have not experienced that for yourself, that abundant life that Jesus wants to give, then what you need to do is what He said to do. You need to come to Him, trust in Him, believe in Him, follow Him, listen to His voice. All of those profound truth statements He made about Himself. And when you do those things, you'll find that John 10.10 is true. He is in fact the one that gives life and gives it to the full, gives it in abundance. Would you please stand? I'm just going to close in prayer and we're going to sing a song of worship to close. I want to just lead you in a prayer if you're here this morning and You're saying, I want the life that Jesus gives. If God has been revealing that truth to your heart, giving you faith to believe in Christ, then then do this. Listen to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for the truth about your Son, the giver of life in its abundance. If you're here this morning and you just want to place your trust in Christ, you want to come to Jesus as He instructed you to, then just quietly in your heart you can pray it's not the exact words but just the idea of this prayer pray this in your heart Lord Jesus I do believe that you are the God of heaven and earth I I believe that you're the God who put on human flesh and came so that you could give life and give it to the full and I believe that you did that by going to the cross and taking my sin and dying to pay its penalty and cleanse those who trust in you. And so I'm putting my trust in you and in you alone because I know that you are the way and you are the truth and you are the life and that no one comes to the Father except through you and that everyone that does come, you will in no way cast out. Thank you. Then Lord, for the those that are already followers of you, believers in you, pray that we would heed your, your calling today. That what we would do is we would follow you. We would abide in you. We would listen to your voice day in and day out so that you can lead and guide and protect 
so that we can enjoy the abundant life that you can so incredibly give to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.